And welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is the premier podcast for the website, cpluscomedy.com. Like I just said, it is a website. Go there. We're back with another interview episode of the show. Uh, this time I'm talking to the one, the only Gianmarco Ceresi. Uh Now, I know that sounds like an Italian name, and I did not ask him if he was Italian. <laughs> so... There you go. Uh, John Marco is a comedian based in New York City, as uh, some of them are. And uh, he's he has a, a, a societal observational wit that is uh, hectic and frenetic and downright funny. Now, if you don't know this comedian, he's uh, in the middle of his tour called The Leaning In Tour. And uh, he's got 75 shows, 24 cities, and uh, you know what? I would go see him. How often do I say that? You know, it's you know, you know, I th- you know, I think somebody's funny when I actually give them a compliment. Go back, go back to the other interviews. See if I say someone's funny or not. <laughs> anyway, uh, he's been selling out the tour. Uh, he's a very funny guy, and actually. You can see him in particular right now, straight up on Netflix, call under a show called Verified Stand Up that premiered in late November. I got an early access view of it, no big deal. And uh, I was gonna make a joke. Maybe I should keep my relationship with Netflix <laughs> as as clean and above light as possible. Verified Stand Up is a lot like their, and I mentioned this during the interview, a lot like their other shows, um, The Stand Ups, and I believe there is another, there's one other show that they did, uh, wherein they got these, uh, uh, see, now I'm not going to, now, now I'm not going to be able to pay attention if I don't have to, if I don't name the other show. It's somewhere here in, uh, did I write down notes for this interview? I don't know if I did. Usually I do, but, um, the past five years, I have not. <laughs> anyway, ABCDFG. <laughs> um, it, uh, but what? But they have these. They have these things. Netflix has become this uh, this new haven for comedians, uh, for better or for worse. You know, for better because we're getting these comics who probably would never have been on TV in the first place because it is such a gate kept device uh and then uh for worse is you know maybe they might be flooding the marketplace you know too much gold and all that i don't know if that's a real thing anyway jen marco he's in verified stand-up and the crux of it is they just sit people down for one or two nights and uh they they do stand-up and they do like a seven minute set Seven, ten, fifteen, whatever, however many set. He actually had to cut some things. Uh, what he'll, what you'll learn in the middle of the interview. Uh, and uh, listen, this guy is fantastic. And I mentioned this in the interview. I'm just mentioning everything I mentioned in the interview. He he will. Uh, I'm sorry if you heard that. That was the iPad. He he has the audience in his hand, in his hands, and then he'll lose them. As the jokes go deeper and harder, he comes out like punching quickly, you know, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. And then he starts punching with a hammer. 
and is so funny. He's a very funny person. Like, my gosh, this guy makes it seem like uh, uh, comedy is uh, uh, just something you're born with. And it might be. That's why I'm so funny and handsome and charming. Back to John Marco. If you want to, uh, he also has a podcast called The Downside that is up on his uh, YouTube page. And he has a very active YouTube page. You should definitely check it out. Like This is something that I do not see often with comedic people. That they don't have a real place besides their TikToks or Instagrams that they're actually actively uploading things. And again, if you're not on TV all the time, this is a great way to get something out there. So you can check him out on Verified Stand-Up. Is that what it's called? Yeah, Verified Stand-Up on Netflix right now. I believe he's on episode one. Just watch the whole thing. Very funny people on there. And then you can follow him on Instagram, Gianmarco Sorezzi. I almost said, <laughs> I almost said Scorsese, obviously. Uh, you can follow him on YouTube with that same handle, where he's got a very sizable standing following. What the hell am I doing? The same handle on Twitter, if that's your thing, X. And then uh, uh, same handle on TikTok. You know, every time I upload, I upload, I, uh, uh, I uh, load up TikTok on Chrome. It always asks me to refresh the page because something went wrong. Refresh the page. Anyway, that's not, that's nothing here nor there. I just wanted to mention it. <laughs> All right, uh, thank you for listening. And if you like what you heard here, oh, you want to see a video version of the, uh, this interview, go to uh, youtube.com slash comedy, where we've got other podcasts. You can also subscribe to other podcasts and you can watch a video version of those on youtube.com slash comedy. The LinkedIn Logs, which is my job podcast, and Late Night Lately, the Late Late Night Show Show, which is a late night show podcast. Not a recap. Try to find different things to talk about all the time. Uh, I got the video version. It's TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at C Plus Comedy, me, at Chad Black White. Thank you for listening, and enjoy, John Marco. I'm going to press the wrong button. I'm going to press the wrong button. Here we go. Well, congratulations on the, uh, the, the new you know special you're sharing with other people, but, I mean, shit, it looks good. Thank you. I appreciate it. How how was it uh, doing that? Was it, it it did it feel like it was you know you're kind of rushed into a thing like because you, you, it felt like you guys were only doing what seven to ten minute sets seven ten minutes yeah I mean I I worked on that set I, there's a big chunk of that set that I um I I tried doing for don't tell comedy you know don't tell yes and uh, I I opened the set with this really harsh gun joke really harsh. That was working at my headlining shows, uh, which is a, always a good lesson that that's not necessarily a good indicator. Um, and especially in L.A., where I feel like dark humor can have a bit more of a hill to climb. It just was not received well. And we ended up cutting that this whole chunk from my wow. Don't Tell set. Uh, and so that's so 
I used a big chunk of that for this, and then I kind of expanded around it, um, which really helped. I, I've never worked on a set as much as I did this particular one for that's, many months. Yeah. Yeah, that that's that's so good to hear. I mean, it was it was very funny. You like came out swinging. I've I have not seen a start to, and I know a very con, it was very condensed, but I've not seen a start to a set go so well in so long. Uh, and it was just it was very funny. And and then and then like halfway through when you're telling these very dark jokes, I I thought it was very funny all the way through, and I'm I'm like laughing so loud. But the audience kind of each is like is like section by section. They all kind of stepped away like this guy's going really dark. And I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was fantastic. I, I I just think that's the most fun. I, I don't know. I, I think the trouble is when you do so much comedy, the, the, the things that really stimulate you, they have to be pretty fucked up. Yeah. And uh, I always I just want to try to be the kind of comedian that I would enjoy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, that's very important. And you know, and, and you and you have a different voice than compared to some of the other people I've seen on there. Um, and that's not to say that they don't have voices, but it's so distinct and it makes sense. And uh, and it feels like you really honed your craft uh, instead of trying to diversify it so much early on. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, you so this this show, uh, Netflix really uh, and it, they they do they, they, since they become this new stand up haven essentially. There's they've done so many versions of this uh, verified show. They've done I don't know if you've seen the stand ups. I don't know if you've seen the the comedy lineup. That was like the original yeah. version of it. But I mean, it I think all of this just works because. In a lot of cases, you get, you know, for I think for the comedy lineup, we saw Nikki Glazer. I know for the stand ups, mm -hmm. we saw like Taylor Tomlinson. We get people who are established and have have been doing this for a long time. But we also get newer people. And what what's it like being mixed in with these now three kind of iconic stand up shows and, and getting your getting your voice out there to a wider audience? I mean, it, it just feels good to have uh to feel like there's a step up i think it's really tough as ah, that's fine in in, in stand-up these days the path forward is very unclear uh i feel like when i first started stand-up it was like the tail end of you got a late night spot late night spot could lead to like a comedy central half hour that was very much like the next rung was the comedy central half hour and then from there you did a special somewhere yeah because uh, these days it's like you know i did a late night it, it didn't do fucking anything uh it, it felt negligible hmm. and um i did a comedy central and and honestly the don't tell suddenly felt like it was the most important thing but netflix still has uh, a gravitas to it a level of uh of of moving up and um so it, it it felt cool that when they did those 15 minutes and those 30 minutes that was really exciting and then they went away for a long time yeah so to feel like i am uh in the the first wave of them returning to that short form thing i just feel fortunate yeah. uh i i did because i remember after jfl i did new faces which again talk about like a, a step that used to mean a lot yeah and now yeah. it's still cool but it's not People used to walk away with, they'd say, six-figure holding deals from network TV. Yeah. I did not. 
I, I think I got a $500 college gig. And um, I, I remember from that Netflix did this thing for like Sirius XM mm -hmm. where I, I flew myself out to LA. I think it paid a hundred dollars and I did a set for Netflix radio. And it was like, at the time it was like, there was that and you could do yeah. that. And that was cool. And then an hour special on Netflix, which felt fucking, you know, way out there. And uh, it, it's, it's just nice to feel like, oh, I can work with Netflix and do this thing, which feels in my realm. Mm -hmm. And then hopefully maybe I'm a little closer to that yeah. next, that next big thing. Yeah. And, and like, I mean, as you said, there were, you're, you're kind of in this, uh, or actually we comedy is in this, um, uh, middle ground right now where, you know, we could have, we could, could have done big things 10 years ago or, you know, and that whereas now that is kind of a, a smaller thing. What was, you know, the just for laughs and the, uh, uh, what was that like? Cause that, cause that's still, uh, that still rings true as a big thing for, for me, because that's what I grew up with. When I, when I knew somebody was going to make it big, it was just for laughs. It, and it was doing network stuff. Like when well, you weren't Corden, right? Like, I mean, that's yeah, still, yeah. that's still kind of a, a huge thing. So how, how was yeah. that? It's, I mean, Corda was, Corda was, for me, Corden just felt like, oh, it's a nice thing on the side. Just for laughs, for me, mm -hmm. felt uh, really pivotal in kind of uh, making me feel like I started to know people within the industry side of things. Okay. Um, of, of all the important sets I've ever had thus far, Just for Laughs was the one where I said, oh, I don't think that could have gone any better almost everything else i would say that could have gone way better what the fuck happened there <laughs> but but like just for laughs was like a crazy lucky fortunate i was closing out the second show the audience was like tired and i i i just had this opening joke that that really really fucking worked and woke them up and um that festival's incredible. I've I've never been with that many comedians all at once, all different levels, all mingling, and uh, it really felt for me. I, I was an actor first, and I I felt like I really stalled in that career, and I tried as hard as I could, yeah. but just could not break through to the next level of it at all. And when I was in Montreal, there's a feeling of like, okay, I am with all the working professionals and i i can see uh that there's hope to make a living here and a real life yeah what you're on a tour right now the leaning in tour right yeah so we're calling it the leaning in tour okay. but it's it's a degree of like i'm just on the road yeah almost every weekend and you got to give a name so you can sell a piece of merch with that name on it what? uh what, what makes me think of you know you're talking about the just for laughs and then you're and then, and then cordon and then this verified thing these people no offense aren't here to see you they're just here to see comedy you know yeah and then in some cases some people they see you know they see like a comedian's name on their marquee at uh i'm here in atlanta so they'll see somebody going to um the vortex you know comedy club laughing skull lounge they'll say yeah. oh they'll see like oh there's a comedy comedian there on friday night i'll just go see some comedy what is it like 
performing for people who aren't like who aren't there, you know, because they're like, we just want to see comedy. And then you're able to turn them to your side. Like you're you're good enough to bring people in. Yeah. I mean, it's like I think what what happens when you start going on the road. You have fans and you start thinking you're a better comedian than you are or that material that's that's decent is like amazing. Yeah. And um, it's it's hard and it's important to to balance that with those spaces where people don't know who you are mm-hmm. um, and and you have to tighten the jokes or you don't have as much uh, uh, leeway to to get to the punchline. And it's it's I say it all the time. It's very jarring where I'll be on the road. I'm working on some new stuff and I'm like, damn, that new stuff is fully cooked and ready to go. And then I go to the cellar and I follow a fantastic comedian and I do okay. And I'm like, fuck, man. God <laughs> damn it. And I I think that's why most comedians get worse past the, once they, they hit a certain level of fame. Um, they either don't visit those spaces anymore or you get so famous that you can't go anywhere where people aren't aren't like whoa my god that's so and so yeah and uh it, it really is uh it, it stand up comedy is an art form that heavily relies on feedback i think of of audience feedback as like my ruler uh as i try to construct uh you know a joke Mm-hmm. And and what makes it such a tricky and interesting craft is that ruler is always changing. You have a bad crowd, you have a good crowd, um, you have a sensitive crowd, you have a young crowd, an old crowd. And and when you get famous, or or you or you just perform for your fans, you just start to get a very skewed, fucked up ruler. And yeah. suddenly you're you're building your your you know, I know the metaphor is kind of running out of me, but you're you're building a house that's at the f- terrible angle, mm-hmm. uh, but it's because the thing you're building it with is faulty. The tool you're using is faulty, and and that's why I think while there's some art forms where where people as they get older they they get better because it's not as dependent on feedback in stand-up comedy because it's so dependent on feedback. As people get more famous, they usually usually get worse Mm. and it's sad to watch and there's few comics who seem to avoid it and i like to remain paranoid of that because i think that's the key to uh maturing and get better that that's a very apt way uh to describe a kind of point where comedy is now i know that uh there's 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 a lot of people who turned to social media to TikTok to Instagram to all that stuff and it's just not working out for them and there's people who use it to their very best of their abilities and and it's doing you know heavenly numbers for them and for the people that I think have turned to the the social aspect of it all and it's not working out and they continue to 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 kind of you know I mean what I'm getting at is there's a lot of YouTubers touring and they think they're funny. They think, you know, their, their, their skits on YouTube can translate into stand up, and it just doesn't work for me at least. Um, and, and that's not like to take them down or anything, but 
when you when you are a stand up and you and you put in the time, you know, you go to the you, it's like going on stage is going to the gym, you're working out, then it really makes sense. And uh, I just I just don't I it just doesn't uh, for me, it doesn't really work um, uh, in terms of uh, uh, I, I mean, what I'm saying is I agree with you. Yeah, it's, there's a there's a lot of uh, fucked up things out there. Yeah, I mean, you know, this industry is always it's always going to be frustrating that this craft is frustrating, but at the end of the day, you, we have to give up on like believing that these com most comedy clubs, a lot of comedy clubs have given up on the concept that they need to be the tastemakers. Mm -hmm. They, they need to facilitate the show happening. And, um, you know, you can, I, I certainly look at some, some people maybe who got a Netflix special in the last couple of weeks or so where I go like, why did they get an hour? You can get obsessed with that, but ultimately you have to go because a lot of people were willing to put down cash right. to be in the room with that person. And that's just the reality of the world. And, and you have to accept it. And maybe there will come a tide, a, a shift where people go, wow, I always love the person on TikTok. And then when I see them live, it fucking sucks. And I don't have a good time. I'm going to stop basing my live experiences on my online experiences. Yeah. But, but I, maybe not, maybe not. And you just have to persevere and you have to let those people come and go and come and go. And, you know, you, you can't be mad at the fact that some people just want their comedian to be sexy. Mm hmm. Yeah. What are you going to what are you going to do about it? You're going to you're going to fight people's sex drive. You just got to want to be good at the thing you want to be good at. And and I think eventually if you are very good, something will happen. You might not be that level of famous because yeah. people people pay more for their sex drive than their funny bone. But <laughs> but, you know, you you can you can still have a career. Yeah. Yeah, that that is very true. Um, and you, you know, one thing I like about your career is that yeah, you 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 have a very good online presence. I mean, just your Instagram is filled with your posts from uh, Twitter uh, or X, uh, and then and then your podcast. You have video versions of your podcast on your YouTube channel, and you're just a very good marketer for yourself. You, and and it's not just you know every couple of months I'm going to upload something. You have constantly put something out and i and i do appreciate that because i know that takes a lot of time and effort to continually do that and put up new things over and over again that just aren't you know crowd work which is something that you that anybody could put out instantly but it's uh consistent stuff and and i and i know it, it's it's tough sometimes and sometimes it's not a lot of return but it's good well i appreciate it i mean that's it's I ultimately think social media is probably going to destroy the fabric of society and, and it stands to reason it will destroy the fabric of art. But I think like you can, everyone has to come up with their own uh, lines when it comes to feeding that beast. And I, I certainly look back and I go, Oh, do I sometimes post too many crowd work clips? Do I, do I, did I post something that is so-so, but it was topical and I knew it would work? And I have my own lines. And, and ultimately, when you start touring and you go, well, maybe this video isn't 
isn't the perfect video, but I'm going to Kansas City and I sold four tickets and I got to fucking do something about it. Yeah. Your lines change. And, and I think working comedians uh, view it, when I say working, touring is what I really mean. Touring comedians, we, my bar has shifted where I used to just be like, oh, what is this shit? And sometimes I'm like, oh, I get it. You needed to promote for something specific. That's fine. It's not for me. But there are people who go way off the ledge and you go, what the fuck was that sketch you just put up? That was nothing. There was no punchline. You were just trying to hit the things. Yeah. Or I certainly look at a lot of comedians that they talk about every topical thing under the sun and you go like, I don't know what your actual take is. I just think you're trying to like have a devil's advocate opinion on every everything Joe Biden does. It's not funny. Yeah. You got to come up with your own lines and you got to like ultimately have an output that you can respect yourself. Yeah. And sometimes I match that and sometimes I go, mm, okay, but, but I'm trying. I know that. Yeah. And I mean, I think, I think the easiest thing to this, and this sucks to say, and like, it's so cliche, but just be yourself, you know, just be yourself on stage. And if people can get into it, then they'll get into it. If they don't, then, you know, who cares? Like, like who gives a shit? Like eventually, like you'll find that audience because the internet's huge and, and comedy is big and there are multiple versions of everything everywhere. And eventually so it's going to click with somebody, you know, not everybody has to like uh, uh, Bill Burr or uh, Nikki Glaser or uh, uh, other, other comedians uh, in the same realm. So yeah, just continue uh, doing what you do. Oh yeah, I will. Yeah. All right. Well, John Marco, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Uh, also, I hope I pronounced your name correctly. Uh, you do great. <laughs> but thank you so much for sitting down with me. Uh, this has been fantastic. You're a smart guy. And uh, I keep at it. You're you're very funny. And uh, I, I truly just loved seeing your stand up. It was, it was very, very good. Thanks, man. Take care. All right. Have a good one. Bye. Peace.